My name's Sarah Frick, and you're listening to Are You For Real? A podcast all about being real. Like, really real, not just cute Instagram real. Like, real. Welcome back to Are You For Real? with Sarah Frick. Today, we are sitting down to discuss birth stories. So when we originally thought this idea, we were going to take one podcast episode and share three different birth stories. Once we started to get into these birth stories with these amazing women, we decided they each needed their own episode. So today we are going to be talking with Mary Welch Fox Stasek, um, and she is going to be telling us her birth story with her first daughter, Amelia, and then tell us a little bit about her second birth with her other daughter, and we are so um, just just so grateful that these women are sitting down with us and sharing these stories because they are very heartfelt and very meaningful. And I think you know the journey that I've been through to have my own children, what I've been through. Um, as we have these conversations too, they really do open up closets and doors of people that used to not talk about this kind of stuff. So each of these stories is so unique and different. And so over the next few weeks, we'll be unrolling each story. So um, like I said, let's give Mary Welch a really warm, a warm welcome. Before we get to that, a word from our sponsor. Today, we're again celebrating the blender bombs. We love these blender bombs. So we're here before the holidays. What does everyone do in January? They want to get fit. You know what else they need is good food. Blender bombs is such an amazing way to make an easy smoothie and have a snack on the go. You can even get a discount by using my code Sarah10 on their website at blenderbombs.com. Okay, guys, we are sitting down with Mary Welch Fox Stasek, the longest name in the world. <laughs> and Mary Welch is going to tell us um, her story of having her first daughter. Um, okay. Okay. So my first daughter, her name is Amelia, but we call her Punky. Um, I was pregnant, um, and it was a surprise, but a happy surprise, and my whole pregnancy, honestly, was very smooth. Um, I mean, minus the fact that I'd rapidly gained weight at my <laughs> 12-week appointment. They put me on a diet, and I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, like, yeah, 1,300 calories a day is a no-go for me. Um, so other than them, you know, wanting me to slow down my weight gain, um, it was totally smooth. There was no red flags. I had no like nothing that would signal signal anything going wrong. Um, but at 39 weeks, I went in, um, for my last checkup before, you know, to just kind of gauge your progress and see how you're doing before your due date. And my due date was July 19th. This was, I think July 9th that I went in and they, I guess we did an ultrasound, and at that point they realized I didn't have enough amniotic fluid, which is still not a big deal. She suggested we um, induce that day. Uh, she actually looked at me and said, well, you're going to have a baby today. I said, okay, all right, well, let's do this. Went home, packed my bag, um, went to the hospital, and immediately, you know, again, like it was really an easy, happy, fun day. We were really excited. There was nothing that we were worried about, um, and... Got hooked up to all the machines. Um, I was going. I didn't want the epidural immediately. I wanted to feel. Preg I wanted to feel labor. But they said if I did want it at any point, I should go ahead and get it now because the anesthesiologist would not be coming back again. 
So I went ahead and did it um, and then waited it out. What time of day is this? Like afternoon. Okay. Probably like, so you went to your appointment in the morning? Went to my appointment were, in the morning. Okay. And I think we came back at like 3 p.m. And then I went through a whole night. Nothing. <coughs> with um, your epidural. With the epidural. No sign. Nothing's happening. Um, next day. We're into the next day. Um, still really nothing's progressing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they do something else. And I can't remember what it is, but to kind of speed the process along. Was it like the Cervidil? Uh, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, but you hadn't had Pitocin yet. I can't remember exactly yeah. what happened at that point, but it, I mean, I had been induced and I do think I, okay. I, yeah. we had done, we had done all of the things. So then they've done something else to, um, to, she's six years old now, so I can't remember all those kind and of things. And I think I'm a things. doctor. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember any of those things now. <laughs> um, anyway, so that starts, I do start having contractions at that point. And, and I have really lovely nurses with me, but I can tell there's something going on and I'm, and I am like, well, now I can feel the, um, now I can feel the contractions and I'm asking for more epidural. I'm like, can we do that again? Cause like I can feel it now. Yeah. It's kind of worn off. And they keep telling me like, yes, yeah, don't worry. It's going to be fine. I'm like, well, no, I don't think you get it. Like it's still, it's getting worse. I can still feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Come back with that, please. Um, so what had happened is I had spiked a fever. I had started not feeling good and they could not administer anything beyond that. Um, and, and that's okay. Like, I think that's kind of normal. Again, nobody, there was no real red flags at this point and we keep going. It is like, we're in like 48 hours at this point. Um, I still haven't really hit active labor. And then once I go into active labor that evening, it goes on for forever at, um, I remember we had many shift changes, but at the end I had a nurse that I really loved and, and I was starting to get a little scared, but we had a a plate, like my husband's a musician. So we had a a playlist that we'd like perfectly timed out for this. (laughs) And also at the end we had, it was just going to be my husband and I delivering. Um, but at the last minute I decided my older, I wanted my older sister to be there, which was like the saving grace for all of us. Um, she was so, she's so calm mm-hmm. and soothing and helpful and just like kind of brought down the, my husband and I who have high energy brought down our tone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just, I felt like I was on cloud nine all day, not just because of the epidural and the drugs, but like it just is this motherly, like I was so excited. Um, the last nurse that was there decided to stay with me for the end. Um, because I was getting scared and, and, and it was just a, a really beautiful thing. I needed her. Like yeah. this was the nurse that I like needed at yeah. the end. And I, it had been such a long time. I knew my doctor wasn't there. So I had another doctor come in for delivery and she wasn't there long, but we kept, it just felt like I, I can't even explain how long this, the actual active, um, the active labor was. And I was hooked up to the machines. They were not detecting anything like th- that anything was going wrong. Finally, at around three in the morning, it's still, she's still not here. Um, and I'm pushing and it hurts. Like I can feel, you know, yeah. I've, there's no epidural at this point. 
And I'm curious at why, why is she not coming out? Like we've been sitting here too long. I don't have in my birth plan that I don't want a cesarean either. I said, just do whatever it takes to give a healthy baby. Um, and at this point it's like, can you just get like, we need to speed this up. This is getting really like intense. And so they give me an epi- um, episiotomy and they're talking about the clamps and they're trying to pull her out and they can see her head right? and they can see her head for a long time. Um, but they're just the top of her head. Um, and she's not moving beyond that. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, I finally push and she finally, I don't know what it takes to get her out. I can't really, this is kind of all blurry. Yeah. Um, but she comes out and, you know, they hand you, they, once you push a baby out vaginally, they hold her up and they start to hand her to you. Well, as they were doing that, I can, I don't know any different because this is my first baby, but she's purple. And, um, the, they set off an alarm and all of a sudden my room is rushed with people. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, all of a sudden, you know, all the doctors and nurses rush in our room and they take, um, they take Punky from me immediately. But like, right, I try, I like barely touch her skin and they've already, you know, taken her swiftly away to a station next to me. And my older sister was so wonderful. She could see everything and I have no idea what's happening. And she's telling me, don't look, it's going to be okay. Just don't look. I promise it's going to be okay. And she's rubbing my arms, rubbing my legs, and she's, she's calming me down. She's calming my husband down. And I'm just looking at her. She's like, just don't stop looking in my eyes. Don't stop looking in my eyes. Mm. And I can see the doctor's face just dumbfounded. And, and it was bothering me because she wasn't giving an emotion. Yeah. And I just wanted her to give an emotion. I was like, can you just, you know, smile or yeah. frown or tell me what's happening? Can yeah. somebody just tell me what's wrong? And nobody was telling me anything. They were just rubbing me and telling me it was going to be okay. Um, and I didn't know, but, that they, but they were administering CPR. <laughs> Turns out my daughter went eight minutes without oxygen. And they did. They eventually revived her. They put a, um, they intubated her, um, hooked her up, and they rushed her to MUSC. Because we, I delivered at East Cooper, <clears throat> and they didn't have the NICU level that I needed, that she needed at the time. Um, and the, again, we're just still, like, not really in the loop because yeah. they're focusing on her, and we don't know what's happening, and it's our first child. And I'm totally out of it because at this point, I, I didn't really sleep the night before because I'm giving birth to my child. I'm so excited. I yeah. can't sleep. Um and I, it's, I just remember laying in bed, shaking, and there is blood all over the room. I mean, it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and my older sister keeping us all calm. And I finally, once it's hit me and somebody's explained to me what's happened, I completely lose control and just scream because I thought I'd lost her. Yeah. And um, so I'm screaming and... Yelling, and that lovely nurse that I told you stayed with me um, came in, and she said, if you want to be able to leave this hospital, you're going to have to calm down. And I, cause I would say, and luckily, because my epidural had worn off, I could walk. I could actually 
get out of the hospital because usually until your epidural wears off, you can't leave the hospital. Yeah, yeah. But my legs worked. And I was like, I can feel my legs. I can leave here. I want to go with my daughter. And I remember them saying, you know, they asked my husband, do you want to stay here with your wife or do you want to go with Punky? Yeah. And he was, I was like, go, go, get in the the ambulance and go with her. And he rode to MUSC. My dad followed behind them. The whole family was sitting in the waiting room with bottles of champagne. (sighs) They were so excited. And finally, you know, obviously the champagne, they didn't get used. So they came in and my mom came in. My younger sister came in. My older sister was in the room. My little sister is so sweet. She walks in and faints. She was so scared at everything that had gone on. And finally, and me screaming and not understanding what had happened. And so finally, the nurse who had helped me through it said, I said, if I'm not going to be able to come down, you're going to have to put me down. Like, I'm not going to, you can't get my blood pressure down. You're going to have to give me something and put yeah. me down. So she, I don't know what she gave me, but something that, helped calm my body down enough so my blood pressure would get down enough so that they could actually um, discharge me from the hospital. And I don't know how long that was, but it wasn't that long. Got in the car and I went straight to MUSC. I don't remember who drove me or how I got there. And you had literally just had a baby. Just had, oh yeah. Um, I have on like a diaper and I don't know what, you know. Yeah. And I'm also really out of it because they've given me a lot of drugs. Yeah. And I remember getting to MUSC, and they have a, a consultant there that's going to meet me first to tell me what's happened. Uh-huh. And, and my husband, too. And they put us in a room together. And um, um, there's, it's, it goes in and out because I was on, again, a lot of drugs. But I remember him sitting down very clearly and saying, your daughter was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. She has an APGAR score of zero, which means there's no, she was unresponsive, um, no brain activity. And she's um, in the process of CPR, broken a rib and punctured a lung, and she's um, in the NICU. But this, at MUSC, luckily, um, with that long of, with oxygen deprivation, you, you run the risk of a lot of brain damage. Yeah. Um, they said at the end of your possible outcomes here are she will be a vegetable for the rest of her life. Um, she will, will likely have no brain movement um, or just have some very severe brain trauma. Um, and I just like remember hearing that but not believing it. Yeah. And not totally processing all of these things. Um, and they kept saying, you need to go home and go to sleep. I was like, yeah. are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I then remember um, I called one of my friends who's a doctor, and I asked him, and I kept asking over and over again. I said, I don't want you to lie to me. Tell me the truth. What are, the, what, how, what are my chances she's going to be okay? Eight minutes without oxygen. Please tell me the truth. And he said, they're not great. They're just not great. Um, So we stayed in the, rewind, Um, MUSC is one, at the time was one of like five hospitals that somebody had donated a cooling blanket, which is a a blanket that you can wrap a person in that has suffered severe oxygen loss and it lowers their body temperature down to, I'm not sure what the degree is, um, and slows the brain activity to hopefully slow the process of brain damage. 
they have that there. So they put her in a medically induced coma. Um, and she's what, like a day? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and they wrap her in the blanket and, um, and we just, and they, I think it's a 72 hour period where they're going to put her in the cooling blanket and keep her in this coma and hopefully slow this process down. Well, she has seizures throughout the night and, um, and it's just not, things aren't going well in the beginning. And then the next day, she's slowly, the seizures are slowing. She's, it's getting a little better every time. We have camped out at the hospital. We have made the guest room into our bed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're living in this, like, visiting room. And I'm not leaving. Like, and my family was all there taking shifts so I could sleep on the couch. And... I would remember walking down the halls in like leggings and a diaper and my, it was the only comic relief was my sister was like, I just wish you could see that diaper <laughs> and those leggings. She was like, I can get you something else. I was like, I don't want anything else. I want my leggings. <laughs> and I remember my brother-in-law ran now and like immediately grabbed me the best breast pump and the breast like pillows and blankets and brought them all down to us and just everybody chipped in to make us feel really comfortable and and to help and again my older sister was there the whole time and would stay up all night when we had to take turns and sit with Punky um so we ended up living in this in the guest room and becoming friends there was another family there that whose son had um, had been pulled under by the riptide in Myrtle Beach and had also been underwater for a, a long time and his body resurfaced and he was and he had brain activity and he was in a cooling blanket as well mm. and we became really close we were became friends and got to know each other and we kind of were riding out this thing together um, well a few days in we. The way they measure, I remember, you know, we're doing a bunch of tests and they're testing, all at, you know, it's a medical hospital, it's a student teaching hospital, so they're giving you lots of information. You're meeting with all kinds of people. The NICU nurses were, are, were gold. Mm, One would sing to, or to Punky at night um, and the most beautiful voice and one we still keep in touch with. And it's just, they just made the whole process so much better and I, remember I couldn't my milk wasn't coming in and they would come in and sit and hold me in the pumping room and finally a few days in to test one of the big things we'd check every day is if she could suckle mm-hmm. um, it's how you know if they have brain activity is if they finally like start showing a suckle yeah um, reaction and every time they would do it it would scare me to you know it wouldn't happen and finally I think three days in they um one of the nurse put her finger in, in Punky's mouth and she finally did it and oh. I just will never like, forget that moment yeah. <laughs> in my life I mean it just we melted it's on video which and every time it pops up in my time hop I'm like oh my god <laughs> it'll send me into another universe again um that was our first sign of hope that we're maybe that's gonna be and in my mind honestly I didn't believe Anything I was hearing, I was like, she's going to be fine. Yeah. I know it. She's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I had this feeling that it was going to be okay. And I don't know how or why, because 
typically I'm like a hypochondriac that freaks out and is super anxious. Yeah. And like this I feel is, like it's this mother thing though. It, it's like this thing. I just knew she was going to be okay. And I, so after the three days and she starts suckling, they actually take her off the cooling blanket and we ended up staying, um, they, because she's had multiple seizures, she has to um, be put on phenobarbital so to stop the seizures because the seizures can also cause more brain damage. And, um, you know, I don't know how many days in we are at this point. I think we're nine days in. And um, the, we're getting close to being able to take her home. And it, it's they've moved her out of the NICU and into the PICU. So now she's not as wired into as many machines. Mm-hmm. Like we have more access to her. I can hold her. Um, you know, it's where the nurses are helping us. It's just more active um, participation with a baby. And we are at this point know that she's going to be okay. And we go out to eat. We go to Hominy Grill. I remember being so excited. It's the first time we've like really left the hospital and come back. And we're overjoyed and a, a nurse or a Resident stops us in the hall and he says, ah, we're not going to be able to go. She had another seizure and um, we've detected some brain damage. And so this was while y'all were out? This is while we were out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at, again, like we went from being up here yeah. to oh, coming right back down. Such a freaking ride. Oh, God. It was, you know, it's, there's so much of it that is so vivid to me and I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, but right, I can right. remember like... Of course so much of this and it I you know again we went from being so high to coming back down again but I still knew in my mind that she's gonna be okay and so we're sitting and we come they take us into like a boardroom and we're going through all the scenarios again and what this is gonna mean for her and um and eventually she pulls out of this okay as well and that it just turns out to be on a brain scan just a speck and um and it's likely not going to cause any real damage so here we are that the cooling blanket has done its job mm-hmm. um she's doing she was doing great we could take her home um now we don't know what this means for her future they said that you know, we won't find that out until she starts walking, talking. Milestones. Um, until milestones hit how ex- how extensive, like, her brain damage is. Um, so for the first three years of her life, we um, would go down to high risk and have, and she would go through um, different rounds of testing, like building blocks, speaking, doing all the things just so they could see her reaching these milestones. Mm-hmm. And she reached every single one of them. Um, she's never, I mean, you would never know. No, she's freaking adorable. She is just a spitfire. She is. And, I mean, we're just, I just feel so lucky that A, we had the cooling blanket and, and my dad also was very adamant. He sent out so many prayer chains. Yeah. And I do think that that played a big part in it. Absolutely. Uh, we prayed and I think that him getting so much involvement the crowd surge of that was very helpful too. Yeah. I'm sending so much love to her and and just now have this really spunky, beautiful six-year-old that she is a is piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> and she really is. And it's just, I remember you telling me that story and just seeing her and she's, it's, she's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Thank she you. really is. Both your girls are. Thank you. Yes. I think so too. Oh, you know, it took me a little bit to, 
want to get pregnant again because it's I was traumatized yeah. from the first one with a little PTSD. Um, just a little. Just a teeny bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, we eventually did decide we wanted another child and um, it, a few years later, and then the road to her was a complicated one, um, which with, came with a few upsets. Um, but once we finally were pregnant and 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 I stayed pregnant. Um, I we found out. I went in for the genetic testing because I'm geriatric pregnancy. Um, <laughs> uh, they, that's what a horrible thing to tell somebody. I know. Is that um, what they call it? Yeah. 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 Rude. <laughs> Rude. Right. I was like, um, okay, I'll play along. Yeah. Um, and because of my birth with Punky, <laughs> they wanted me to have um, high. Ri- I was high risk. Um. So with that, I was. I'm not worried about it. Like, again, like it's, I think, I mean, I am worried. I've miscarried. So I'm worried I'm going to lose my child. Right. Um, and again, that's where my anxiety comes into play. Like, I was not chill with Mickey. Like, that, I, every day was like, I'm, it's happening. I'm having a miscarriage. It's happening. It's happening. I mean, and, I've never checked more toilet paper in my life. Oh my God. Every time every I would time. go to the bathroom, literally to the point where they were about to take me to my C section, I was like, am I bleeding? You know, oh, it was yeah. just like, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, I was a nervous wreck. Yep. Um, so we went in for all the genetic testing, and I, which I wanted, but I also was like, I, we, I had a healthy child, so I didn't assume that I had any genetic precursors Correct. with Punky, so I just didn't think anything of it. I was just going to find out the sex of my baby. Um, so I wasn't worried about that. Was I worried about my pregnancy? Yes. I, once the genetic testing came back, um, I'm a carrier for SMA, which I'd never heard of. And because of that, um, we did further testing. And which so I did an amnio at 16 weeks. And during the amnio, we found out that she is um, trisomy X, but we didn't know about Turner syndrome, thank goodness. Um, and I was just, and I, I was horrified. I mean, I was what a horrifying person. for like people listening? Oh, t- um, Trisomy X is like you and I, as a woman, have two X chromosomes. She has three. So it's just and what they said too, as part of my geriatric pregnancy, is that because I have older um, insides, I guess, that <laughs> your egg supply is <laughs> my, old. <laughs> my, that the eggs didn't split properly. And, um, and so she carries an extra X chromosome. And it's actually really not that. Uh, now, in hindsight, you know, everything you read online is pretty scary, but it's really not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know they have it. Correct. But now we do this testing, so a lot of people are finding out that they have it. Um, and regardless, it was just like a terrifying thing for me. And I talked myself, and like, I did not enjoy one day of my pregnancy. I was so terrified I was going to lose her and so terrified of what was going to happen in this. I just remember, like, I, there's, you know, I... There's postpartum, but I I definitely had depression throughout my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we then give birth at 37 weeks because, A, my anxiety is really high. I've asked for my only thing I want. The only thing I wanted in my birth was that my actual doctor be with me, um, who is the most wonderful human being on the planet. I love her. I would move into her house tomorrow. (laughs) If you're listening, can I move in? Um, (laughs) um, I... Like that's, I just wanted her to be, I wanted to look at her face. Yeah. Um, she met with me at every appointment. She made me feel better about everything in life. I just love this woman with my whole heart. So we delivered at 37 weeks. I also had, um, 
like a weird liver blood test, but it wasn't high enough to really classify me as that. Like it was like a red flag, but she said typically she wouldn't. Right. But I was, you know, it was time. Yeah. So we did a, um, I was, what's it called? Um, induced again. And this time we were going to test my, her actual blood um, mm-hmm. and my umbilical cord and kind of figure out what was really going on. And that test came back and she's mosaic um, trisomy X and Turner syndrome, which mm-hmm. is one X chromosome. And it's a very rare thing. And with that comes, thank God. I've, I don't know how they didn't detect it in the amnio test, but thank God, because I don't think I would have made it with, yeah. without pan, having a panic attack every day of my pregnancy, yeah. because only 2% of Turner syndrome babies make it to birth. Um, and I mean, like, true, I never, my, my brain would have exploded along the way. I just am not a person that can handle that kind of like, um, me either, that kind of weight. Me I either. just, I would have talked myself into, oh, same, into same. a hole, um, so but now she's totally fine, and you know she's a little small, but she is. But she is. Um, I mean, this baby. She's like a koala bear, Ugh, and she's so beautiful, and she's just delicious. Ugh, I mean, she so is yummy. so. Per- I mean, really. I mean, she's just beautiful, and like, just like walks around. She just has personality. Oh yeah. Oh, she's so spunky, and it's and did they what? Is there anything that they told you would go along with this? That mm-hmm. oh yeah, we have a there's a laundry list of okay. things that could happen, but those they, those are things that just could happen. Okay, not that will happen, and those are also things that my brain at the time was only hearing that it will happen. Yeah, not that it just could happen. Right, um, and it's so you could have it could come with a serious heart defect. Um, there's some kidney issues there. Um, there's a, a host of actual real medical issues that, but we don't have any of those so far, thank goodness. Um, as well as because of her X chromosome situation, her hormones could be out of line. Um, so we'll see, uh, you know, a ton of specialists throughout her life. Mm-hmm. She le- might be the the funny thing, not funny, but the weird thing is, is um, Turner syndrome generally generally means that. You might not hit five feet, but trisomy X is you could be over six feet. So, yeah. you know, it's just going to be a waiting game to see yeah. which one. Where she goes. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> um, so there's some physical attributes, but nothing really that, you know, yeah. those things really don't matter. Um, and there could be some mental delays, but so far she's really displayed none of that. Yeah. And it's just a really happy, healthy... <sighs> Spitfire she's the baby happiest. that is like she's hit her milestones far be, like before Punky did, and just like she's she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She is. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like to me, it's I feel like sometimes we get too much information. Definitely, and I do. You know, I'm a believer that you know information is power, but at the same time, it's like what are you going to do with all that damn information? Totally. I mean, I'm not going to in I my. Know. Uh, case I wasn't going to not have her exactly you know so yeah. at the, and I had to ask myself like why would I have done that I just didn't think yeah about the outcome really I well, just we, was kind of doing it we found out when I was pregnant with the twins that Van had one kidney and I you know 
I went on a wild goose chase of all the things that, what that means. And, um, like it's a marker for so many things and this and that. And my doctor who I also would live with, I love you, Natalie. Um, (laughs) she was like, she's like, Sarah, I don't, you don't need to go to MUSC. I think you're good. Like, I don't, you know, I'll do whatever you want. And I was like, no, I have to go get this big ultrasound. So then of course I go get the big ultrasound. They're like, yeah, he has, he has what's called a horseshoe kidney. So his one, he's a super kidney. So the kid, two kidneys became one kidney, but they found that Della had this other thing where she had interuterine growth restriction. And so the whole time, and then like, they were like, you really need to focus on your kit count. And I'm like, there are two babies in me. They're like, well, you need to focus on hers. I'm like, I don't know who, you know, so like what you were saying, I mean, I would lay in bed and like, I had a blood pressure machine. My blood pressure was through the roof. I was like, a freaking wreck. I had oh, yeah. a heart rate. I had two heart rate machines and I would chase these babies. I mean, no wonder they're so fucking insane. I mean, totally. I would check myself in to the ER yeah. all the time. Be like, can you just make sure there's a heartbeat? Just yeah. tell me there's a heartbeat. Yeah. And they would do it. Yeah. And I would pay a lot of money for that. I know. And I was like, it was worth it. Oh, I used to pay it was worth it. Yeah. ultrasound starting on in cash. Cause I was like, cause our amateur, cause we were cash oh, yeah. anyway, um, deliveries. And I would like, get a, some cash from a, a, doing a few privates or a few clients and I would literally be like, oh, I'm going to go get myself an ultrasound. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know this is going to cost me an arm and a leg. Yeah. Put me up to that machine and yeah. tell me she's okay. Yeah. Thank you. And it was just like, okay, okay, I can, re- like for 12 hours I could breathe. Yeah, totally. And then it was like, totally, so, totally. The kit anyway. counts killed me too. I was oh. like, can we not talk about the kit counts now? Because oh, yeah. I'm obsessing, I'm staying up all night counting, like, is she moving? Is she there? Where is she? She's happening? Like, I know. It's just, it, you're right. That it's the a little too much information for me at the Especially, time. Especially, and, and I, believe me, I love MUSC. They mm-hmm. have done so, they're amazing and wonderful. But when I, because it is a teaching hospital, it was so much information. Yeah. That it really sent me down a crazy, crazy spiral. For sure. For so, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, I mean, my two demeanors and the two births and outcomes were so different with Punky. Again, even after that crazy experience, I still don't remember. I I felt really calm that she was going to be okay. With Mickey, I was a nutbag even after, I mean, I had postpartum depression. Like I was afraid my milk was going to kill her. Like it was, I went, I just, I had had postpartum postpartum depression and it taught my, and it made my brain think all kinds of things that weren't real. And totally. I mean, I was scared to be alone with the twins. Like I remember because I couldn't figure out how to negotiate both of them. Like Waylon would go to school and John would leave for work. And I was like, and this sounds really, I mean, this makes me want to cry, but it's like, I almost like I had to pick one. Yeah. And so I like, because I was so scared of Della because she was in the level two nursery for four weeks and she had so much of her torticollis and the helmet and everything. Like I was like, well, I know I can keep him alive, you know? And so I feel like, I mean, since we've bonded, (laughs) but I did, I would like, if one was crying, if they were both crying, I was like, Okay, I'll just, I'm gonna, I know I can take care of him, you know? And it's, 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 it is no joke. I'm sure there are poor 20 year olds out there like, like snorting their birth control right now. (laughs) They're like, no. No. (laughs) But, but, you know, you look at it now and like, no, it was not an easy ride, road for a lot of people. But I mean, it's, I wouldn't do it any other way. Nor would I. I mean, I actually looked at Ryan the other day and I'm ready. I'm like, I want a third. He goes, do you, <laughs> did you forget about where we, what have you been doing for the last six years? Yeah. Like, basically, yes, all of it. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I wouldn't do, I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, I know. It's crazy. It's worth it. It's I know. Worth the it love. Oh. love. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Love you. 
Thank you so much for sharing with us, Mary Welch. That is a beautiful story and a beautiful testament to motherhood as well, to staying strong and to believing in the good and all the family that came around to rally. I love these stories so much. Um, Next week, we're going to be sitting down with Mariah Darby, and she's going to share with us her stories, which are a little bit different. Um, One of the parts of her story, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, is surrogacy, um, which is such a topic that I did not know that much about until I sat down and chatted with her. So can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Um, As always, please share our podcast with your friends, rate us, review us, tell us you love us because we love you guys. Bye.